Straw City, what's up, family? Hey, uh, just wanted to come right quick just to say hello to everybody. Just wanted to say thank you to everybody for being here this morning. Thank you for serving. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for leading. Thank you for uh, just being a part of this vision because it makes Strong City Church what it is. As you may have guessed and have seen, I am not with you this morning physically. I'm actually in Columbia uh, serving a pastor friend and uh, preaching. Uh, there at, at his church. So uh, I'm there serving and whatnot, but I could not let today go by without me saying something to you and being able to get in your ear a little bit. But as you know, there is a word that is in the house from the Lord. And I just had to make sure that I got the introduction in, even if I wasn't there, because this is my lady, my woman of God, your woman of God. The only lady, get that straight, the only lady of this house. The woman of God has put in a tremendous amount of time in, in studying, in, in her preparation, and I know she's ready. I know she's got something to say. I know it's going to be fire. I know it's going to be something where we all can walk away strengthened and, and made stronger from what it is that she's got to say. You know who I'm talking about, none other than Pastor Ashley Conley. So I need everybody in the sanctuary, get up on your feet, put your hands together, celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord and thank God for the gift that he gave us and Pastor Ashley Conley. Amen. Awesome. And hey, don't forget, we're at Sarah's porch at the end today, at the end of service. So make sure that you do what you got to do. Be at Sarah's porch. And I'm going to jet back as fast as I can so that I can hang out with everybody. Babe, preach the word, preach it with power, preach it with conviction. Y'all amen, shout, do what it is that you do, and let's celebrate. Be strengthened. Love you. Peace. Amen. Amen. So who's ready for the word? Yes. So y'all know I don't preach long. I'm going to let y'all know it's going to be another short one. So when y'all see me, y'all just know it's a short one. <laughs> it's funny thing, as I was preparing the word, I realized, I'm like, it's about to be a short one. So I went to Pastor Jay. I was like, babe, is there some written rule that says that there has to be, the sermon has to be a certain length? And he was like, yes. And so I stared at him for a few moments. I'm thinking to myself, like, this can't be right. He's got to be messing with me. I'm like, okay, you're going to pull out a book, thinking to myself. Then finally, as I'm staring at him, he's like, no, 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 there isn't. But you know, our congregation, they're used to me preaching long. I go long. And so they're used to a longer message. And so then I was like, you know what? That is great. But I'm not you. So when they see me, they know it's a short one. <laughs> So everybody knows that. When you see me, you know it's a short one. But let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your love, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for helping us to posture our hearts to receive your word, Father. We thank you that your word will speak to each of us individually in the way that you know each of us need to hear it, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you that everyone will gain something from this word, even me, Father. And it's in your wonderful name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're going to continue in walking in fullness. This will be part three. Uh, Elder Sylvia, can you open this for me? Thank you. We're going to continue in part three 
Thank you. And we're going to talk about a life of fullness exemplified in Jesus. So let us go to uh, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, the Passion Translation. Ooh, those words. I'm going to read it behind me. (laughs) Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. Then the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So he said to Jesus, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. He answered, the scriptures say bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word, which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him at the highest point of the temple and said to him, if you're really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written in the scriptures, he will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. Once again, Jesus said to him, the scriptures say you must never put the Lord your God to a test. And the third time, the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. All these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said, if only you will kneel down before me and worship me. But Jesus said, go away, enemy, for the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. At once, the accuser left him, and angels suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. Hallelujah. So this passage, it shows that as we walk in a life of fullness, there will be times of testing. Let's go back to uh, verse 1. So it says, After the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness. Lonely wilderness. There will be times in our lives where God will separate us and move us away from those that are around us. And we must not avoid those times of isolation because they are there for a purpose. Let's read on and we find out why. So lonely, no, let's stay with that scripture. Lonely wilderness in order to reveal the strength against the accuser by going through an ordeal of testing. So those times of testing where God has removed us into isolation, Those times are to reveal our inner strength because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We have more in us than we think. Those times of testing, we need to know what God has said about us, concerning us, to us, for us. We need to know his word because if we don't, the devil will try to come and turn and put his own spin on it. Let's read uh, verses 6 and 7 again. And this is uh, the devil talking to Jesus. He says, if you're really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written, so the devil's like, okay, yeah, you, you know scripture. I know scripture too. It is written, and he says, he will command his angels to protect you, and they will lift you up so that, they, that, that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. I think that's like somewhere in Psalm 91. And then Jesus is like, uh-uh-uh, don't get it twisted. Scriptures say you must never put the Lord your God to a test. 
So Jesus has that word within him, and he knows what God has said concerning him. <clears throat> now, is there something in our lives that the enemy is trying to convince us of? Maybe it's, I'm not enough. Maybe it's, I, I can't do it. Maybe it's, I'm inadequate. Maybe it's, I'm incapable. I can raise my hand. I can say, yes, there has been times in my life. In this past year, there's been several times to where the devil will come to me and say, hey, you know, you're not enough. You can't do this. You can't be a great pastor. You can't be a great wife. You can't be a great mother. You can't have businesses on the side. That's too much. You can't handle all of this. But you know what I've had to do? I've had to go in myself and find that word that's within me and just know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, I am God's workmanship. I'm his masterpiece. God does not make not enough. He only makes enough and more than enough. So it's in those times where we need to know what the word says and go within ourselves and find that word. In times of testing, the devil, he may try to entice us with things. But if those things go against what God's word has said, we must not give in to them. Let's look at uh, verse 9 again. So again, this is the um, devil talking to Jesus. He says, all these kingdoms I will give to you if only you will kneel down before me and worship me. This one makes me laugh a little bit. Because Jesus is the son of God, the God who created the world in all of his splendor. So I'm like, devil, how are you going to give Jesus something his daddy created? <laughs> it doesn't work. But we all know the devil is a liar and the truth is nowhere in him. Do you know how differently our lives will be today if, if Jesus had given in? think about it my god i'm so grateful that he did not so so after the um jesus told the devil to go away in verse 11 it says that angels came and ministered to his needs so if we can withstand during those times of testing God will send the people we need to surround us in our times of need. Amen. We must wait patiently for the Lord, knowing that he will renew our strength. Now, this may not be true for everyone, but it holds true for me. When the devil talks to me, it is very loud and in my face. But when Jesus, when God talks to me, it's ever so soft, soft, still voice. And I can miss it if I'm not walking in a life of prayer. So if we're walking in fullness, it means that we're walking in a life of prayer. And Jesus was the ultimate example of this. Jesus was constantly, had constant connection with his father, only doing and saying what his father told him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says we are to pray without ceasing. Now you might be like, how are we supposed to do that? Pray without ceasing. Well, let's look at the surrounding verses and we'll get our answer. 
Uh, can we get First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18? It says, rejoice always. Next scripture. Pray without ceasing. Next one. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So there's our answer. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. So rejoice is to be glad, choosing to be happy. Give thanks in all circumstances. That is choosing gratitude. Amen. Amen. So praying without ceasing, that is heart posture. Y'all know I'm big on heart posture. That is heart posture. So are we joyful and grateful or are we angry and hateful? Think about that. Are we joyful and grateful or are we angry and hateful? I like to look at praying without ceasing, like keeping music or the radio playing in the background. You always keep that constant connection with the Father throughout your day. And if our attitude is rejoicing and gratitude, then this is much easier to keep that connection throughout the day. Matthew 6:33 it says seek first the kingdom of God. You know, our 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 thoughts can hinder our prayer life. And and it can make us not seek the right thing, but Matthew 6:33 says seek first the kingdom of God. If we look at those preceding verses, it tells us not to be anxious and not to worry about medial things, but instead to put our energy towards things that matter, towards seeking first the kingdom of God. If we look at Romans 14, 17, it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So righteousness, acting in an upright, right, moral way. Being obedient to what God tells us. Peace and joy is within us. So my question is, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What's your thought life look like? Sometimes our thoughts can get the best of us and lead us to anxiety. Y'all, I almost had a moment this morning. (laughs) Technology, some of y'all saw me in my moment. (laughs) Technology was just getting the best of me. (laughs) I had to rant a little bit. But anyway, (laughs) so when our thoughts get the best of us, I have some scriptures that I always like to go to. Let's look at Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. There's that rejoicing again. Again, I will say rejoice. Let's keep going. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Next one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there's your gratitude again, there's your gratitude again, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Next one. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 8, let's go to verse 8. Verse 8 tells us how we should be thinking, what should be going through our mind, our thought processes. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. My God. 
Our thoughts determine the trajectory of our life. We don't have time for stinking thinking. <laughs> so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinks in his heart, catch that now. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Scientists have proven that the heart and brain are in constant communication with each other, with the heart doing most of the talking. So our heart and brain, they're communicating with each other. And our heart is doing most of the talking, sending most of the signals to our brain, more than the brain sends signals to our heart. So literally, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Because our hearts are feeding our brains. This is why heart posture is so important, why we are to guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Are we seeing the connection here? Good, good. So we see that whatever goes in our hearts goes to our brains and it gets transmitted over the rest of our bodies via hormones and neurotransmitters. This whole heart talking to the brain, this, it fascinates me. because I am scientifically wired. A lot of y'all don't know that I have a chemistry degree. That's my background, chemistry. But yeah, it just is fascinating to me. And I'm currently, I'm doing some more research on it because I feel that if we can get a better understanding of how the heart works, that we can change our lives because, because so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I'm going to come teach on that whenever I, yeah, so y'all would like that when I do some more research? Awesome. Because I, I, I believe that, you know, out of our heart flows the issues of life. If we can get our hearts right, we can change some things. But God is so amazing because he knows exactly what he's doing. And he created each of us so meticulously from the way that he created our bodies to function to the words that he wrote for us to read and meditate on. That's our God. Did you know that gratitude is scientifically proven to help people live healthier, longer lives? Yes, scientifically proven. Gratitude. All because of a heart posture of gratitude. You know, funny story. My daughter Isabel, she's three years old, most of you know that. But in my house, at dinner time, I cook one meal. I don't cook two, two and three meals. I cook one meal, everybody eats it. And so if you don't like it, you still got to eat it. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm cooked that meal that she doesn't like, sometimes it happens. And um, she'll be sitting there and she'll be like, mm, Mommy, thank you so much for making this. It's so good. And you can look at her face and tell that she does not like the food. Like, <laughs> it is obvious, but she is thanking me for making it. She, at an early age, has learned that gratitude will get me through this. Being grateful. If I have the heart posture of gratitude, I will get through this meal. <laughs> She's so precious. But a life of prayer is not as difficult as we may think. If we reprogram ourselves for gratitude and rejoicing, we maintain that connection with our Father throughout the day. It's like I said, it's like having music playing in the background. And if you've ever been to our house, you know that we have soft music constantly playing in the background. And one day, Pastor Nix was at our house, and she was like, Pastor, your music isn't playing. 
I hadn't really noticed that it, it wasn't playing. It sometimes stopped playing because it's lost connection. And it's in those times when the music stops playing that we need the Holy Spirit to come in and tell us to choose gratitude, choose rejoicing, get reconnected with the Father. So I told y'all it's going to be a short one, really short. I am closing. <laughs> can, can I get some soft music playing in the background? And can we go to Ephesians 3, 16 through 19? Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. There we go. According to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Keep going. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that rooted and grounded in love, that's what Pastor Jay preached on for a few weeks, having that be your foundation, knowing that kindness, letting that be your start. Let's keep going. Oh, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. To know the love of Christ. You know, that word know right there is the same word used when the Virgin Mary said, how can this be? I do not know a man. It's an intimate relationship. It's intimate. So to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Elder Mara, can you bring, I have an example for you. So you hold the cup, I'll take this. Hopefully everyone can see it. And it's pouring slowly. Now, does that cup look full to you? Yes. Most people would say that that's full. But actually, the definition of full is at maximum capacity. So there's still space in there. To fill, it has to overflow. Wow. To be filled, it has to overflow. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Thank you. So as we walk in a life of fullness like Jesus, there will be times of testing and we must stay connected to our Father with the life of prayer and having a heart posture of rejoicing and gratitude so that we can ultimately be overflowing with God's goodness. Everybody put your hands together for our great God. Yes. God, you're so wonderful. Stand to your feet. Let me bless you. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. You are so wonderful, Father. You're better than good, Lord. Hallelujah. And God, bless your people today, Lord. May you establish them and give them peace. And God, may they see your love overflowing in, in their lives like never before. May they walk out of here and have the greatest week that they've ever had. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
I love you guys, and we'll go to Sarah's porch in a moment.